It's Wednesday, April the 20th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Ukraine repels Donbass attacks and Mariupol's defenders ask to be evacuated. First, the world in brief. Ukrainian forces repelled, quote, numerous Russian advances along the Donbass line of control, according to Britain's defence ministry, with the invading troops beset by, quote, environmental, logistical and technical challenges. America's Defence Department reckoned the Kremlin's actions were a, quote, prelude to a much bigger offensive. President Joe Biden vowed to send more weapons to the assault. At the United Nations, China criticised the West's continued arming of Ukraine, saying it only served to prolong the conflict. It also accused Ukraine's allies of, quote, weaponizing the global economy through, quote, all-dimensional sanctions. The commander of the troops holding out in the besieged city of Mariupol appealed to world leaders to extract his men and remaining civilians to a third country. Facing, quote, Enemy forces ten times bigger than us, Sergei Volina said, they face defeat within days, quote, if not hours. Meanwhile, Russian forces took control of Kremina, a city in eastern Ukraine. Sergei Gede, the region's governor, said, quote, Kremina is under the control of the Orcs, Russians. He maintained that evacuations were impossible. Police in Sri Lanka opened fire on a demonstration in the town of Rambukana, killing one person and injuring 14. The protesters were angry about fuel shortages. Soaring global commodity prices and the government's economic mismanagement have made imports scarce. Sri Lanka is seeking the IMF's help as foreign currency reserves have run dry and it has defaulted on its debts. Boris Johnson Britain's embattled Prime Minister, apologised in Parliament for attending a birthday party during a lockdown in 2020, but again claimed he had not realised he was breaking the law he had introduced. Mr Johnson was fined by police for attending the knees up and there are widespread calls for him to resign. Sir Keir Starmer, the leader of the opposition, called his apology, quote, a joke. Greece said it seized a Russian oil tanker as part of the sanctions European Union countries imposed to punish Russia for its invasion of Ukraine. The EU banned Russian-flagged ships from the bloc's ports earlier this month. The Pegasus was impounded near the island of Evia, just off the mainland, with 19 crew members on board. Netflix's shares plummeted by roughly 25% in after-hours trading, following its disclosure that it lost subscribers in the first quarter of the year. The streaming giant reported 200,000 fewer global subscribers than it had at the end of the fourth quarter. It expects to lose 2 million more by the end of the second quarter. The firm blamed the losses on account sharing and competition. The International Monetary Fund cut its forecast for the global economy, blaming the war in Ukraine for pushing up inflation. Global growth is projected to slow from 6.1% in 2021 to 3.6% in 2022 and 2023. 
that is 0.8 percentage points, lower for 2022 and 0.2 lower for 2023 than its previous forecast in January. And fact of the day, three billion pounds, the value of personalized number plates in Britain. And now here's today's agenda. The soldiers of Mariupol brace for a final assault. For almost two months, Mariupol, a port city in eastern Ukraine, has withstood the cruelest advances of the Russian army. From the earliest days, the attackers targeted civilian infrastructure, including hospitals and bomb shelters. Tens of thousands were left dead, their bodies abandoned on the streets. An estimated 80,000 residents remain on the edge of life and death. Despite this, Mariupol's main defenders, commanders of the Azov Battalion and the 36th Marine Brigade, say they will fight to the last drop of blood. That declaration is being fiercely tested. On Tuesday, Russia told Ukrainian forces hold up at the Azovstal steel plant in Mariupol to surrender or face death. Around 1,000 civilians have also thought to be hiding in the plant. With supplies running out, it is unclear how much longer Mariupol's defenders can hold out. But even if only a few survive the siege, by keeping Russian troops committed, they may be giving their comrades elsewhere the time they need to win. Dark clouds over the G20 Finance ministers and central bankers from the G20 group of big economies will meet on Wednesday in Washington amid a deteriorating outlook for global growth. America is bracing for sharp rises in interest rates as the Federal Reserve fights inflation, a task that risks pushing the economy into recession. Europe is struggling with high energy prices, which will rise further if the European Union restricts imports of oil from Russia. China is persisting with its, quote, zero-Covid strategy by enforcing costly lockdowns in an attempt to suppress an outbreak of the Omicron variant. As well as discussing the world's economic and financial problems, the group must decide how to interact with Russia. Anton Silwanov, the country's finance minister, plans to attend the meeting virtually. Earlier this month, Janet Yellen, America's Treasury Secretary, said Russia should be expelled from the G20, and America is expected to boycott some of the sessions that Russia attends. Macron v Le Pen Four days before the final French presidential vote on April 24th, the two candidates will go head-to-head on Wednesday evening in a live televised debate. In 2017, Emmanuel Macron, now the centrist president, and Marine Le Pen, the nationalist populist leader of the far-right national rally, formerly National Front, met each other in the runoff. The debate between the pair turned out to be a critical moment. Back then, Mr. Pen struggled to demonstrate that she was a competent leader in waiting and suffered in the polls. Now she is better prepared and will be looking to portray Mr. Macron as an out-of-touch elitist. But since qualifying for the runoff, she has come under more scrutiny, 
particularly regarding her hostility to the European Union and NATO, sympathy for Russia and attitude to press freedom. Mr Macron, who remains the favourite, will be seeking to expose Ms Le Pen as a dangerous extremist and unfit for office. Needing to rev things up at Tesla Investors in Tesla, an energy and car company, have reasons to be optimistic ahead of earnings results on Wednesday. Vehicle deliveries worldwide topped 310,000 in the first quarter of 2022, a 68% increase year-on-year. But not all is rosy. Tesla's Shanghai plant has been closed since the end of March, following an outbreak of COVID-19. Elon Musk, the company's chief executive, said that supply chain issues and China's zero-COVID policy had made conditions, quote, exceptionally difficult, but that his team had overcome them. Once the results have been reported, Tesla's managers will lay out their firefighting plans. Some have already trickled out, including reports of a, quote, closed-loop system in Shanghai that will require returning workers to sleep on factory floors. New plants in Berlin and Texas should help ramp up production. But they will need to pull a lot of weight to meet Mr Musk's promise of achieving 50% sales growth by the end of 2022. The Hand of God Under the Hammer It was a display comprising genius, artifice and revenge. Diego Maradona's performance for Argentina against England in the quarter-final of the Football World Cup in 1986 was full of what sports columnists call, quote, narrative, and then some. On Wednesday, the shirt Maradona wore that day goes up for auction. The match took place four years after the Falklands War, in which, as Maradona later wrote, the English had mowed down his countrymen, quote, like little birds. On the football field, he single-handedly scuppered England's hopes with two goals, both born of the dusty pitches of his formative Buenos Aires shantytown. The first was skullduggerous. Maradona punched the ball into England's net, passing it off as a header. Quote, the hand of God, he later called it. The second was sublime, a mesmerising dribble that left half the England team sprawling. One of those players was Steve Hodge. After the game, he swapped shirts with the world's greatest player. Now Mr Hodge has put that number 10 jersey up for sale. It is expected to go for over $5 million. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday... Your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday. Which alcoholic drink is the basis for both the daiquiri and the pina colada? Tuesday, which actor and singer played the title role in Doogie Howser, M.D.?
Finally, here's the quote of the day from Bram Stoker, who died on this day in 1912. The world seems full of good men, even if there are monsters in it. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 